Hey guys, Mark here. Just to let you know that this podcast episode is actually ripped from a video interview which we did recently. So if you want to actually watch the video, then head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash undercover three. Hey guys, Mark here from Authority Hacker and welcome to episode three of the Undercover Success Series. Every day this week, we're going to be interviewing successful authority site owners, most of whom you've never heard of. These guys have nothing to sell or to pitch, and that's why you probably won't hear their secrets very often. Today, Gil is going to be interviewing Kevin Espiritu. Like many people, Kevin had a failed passion project blog that didn't really make any money for many, many years. One year ago, he was making just a couple hundred bucks from his website. And this year, he's turned it around into a, a full-time income for him. Just before we get started, though, I want to let you guys know that on Sunday, we're actually relaunching Authority Hacker Pro. And to celebrate, Gail and I are doing a free live training webinar. That's Sunday, the 8th of October, 7 p.m. London, 2 p.m. New York. We're going to be sharing you, with you some of our top tactics which we use to start and scale our own fleet of authority sites. There's a bunch of brand new information in there which we've never shared before. Plus, we'll be giving away some really cool templates which you guys can use in your own businesses. It's free to sign up, so head on over to authorityhacker.com slash webinar and sign up today. And now, on with the interview. All right, Kevin. Uh, welcome to, I guess it's not a podcast because we're doing video this time, so I guess that's going to be a YouTube video, but welcome anyway. Uh, I know you for a while, but people probably don't, so can you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So again, my name is Kevin. Um, I've been a friend of yours for a long time. I think since Surf IQ. Yeah, since Surf IQ, being one of the oldest keyword research tools in the world. Um, anyways, yeah. So my name's Kevin. I run a gardening authority site right now, primarily. And um, I mean, I've been in internet stuff in some way or another for maybe since. Well, I guess if you count online poker, I've been in it since like 2005 or 2006. Mm. Um, but after that, I, I kind of got into it, like what, doing websites, doing website marketing, doing SEO, maybe like 2009, I would say, because that's when I quit poker and I was like, I think I need to actually figure out a way to make money, you know, uh, and I didn't want to get a job. So that's sort of a quick background of myself. What were you like? What were you doing in two thousand nine? Like, how did you start? And uh, more importantly, where are you at today as well? Sure. Yeah. So two thousand nine. Actually, it was. I think it was April twenty seventh, twenty ten, is when I quit playing poker. Um, I remember because I was like studying a bunch of different things. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do next, and so I remember studying for the real estate exam. I don't know why I ever thought that would be a good idea for myself, but um, I played a tournament and won it. And I never played tournaments, so I won the tournament. I was like, okay there's a good day to quit. It's today. So I quit. And then for the next like year or so, I didn't do a whole lot. I lived off my savings and like just pursued whatever hobbies that I had, like surfed and played the drums and all sorts of random stuff. But then I started building websites. So I was like into WordPress, just started learning it and started just doing websites for local businesses and then realized, well, it's just like one off revenue and you have to close clients every month and you need like a recurring sales fund, all that, all that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, let me just help them with their marketing as well. So I'll, I'll pitch the website, sell the website, and then do a recurring marketing thing. And that's when I got into SEO, which is how I ended up meeting you. How so I ended Wicked up Fire as well, I think. Yeah, the old, the old form, which I still like. It's just crazy how those connections happen. Um, yeah. Anyways, fast forward, I had done, let's see, 
I'd done a startup. I'd grown microgreens and sold them to restaurants. I had worked at a publishing company. And then now I'm working at my own company, my own website, which is just a gardening website. That's uh, It's been about like 12 months of solid work, like full-time work on it now. Uh, and now it's doing pretty well. So I, I don't have to do anything else. If I remember, it's a site you've had for a while, but you kind of like you know, launched it and never really worked on it for a long time. And then around a year ago, you're like, hmm, like, you know, I'm seeing all these people doing these sites and like, I have that site around for a lot of that much time and it's not really doing really well. Let's actually uh, use some of the stuff you guys are doing and also stuff that other people are doing. And like, that's when you started really working on it. So can you give us an idea of like what the website is at today and what the growth looks like in the last 12 months? Yeah, sure. So just to go back, because I saw you guys when you started Health Ambition, and I didn't really understand the big picture of it because I didn't know what you were trying to do was prove that you could do it outside of the IM niche, which is like the most important thing. Because if you just talk about that, then who are you? You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, yeah, so when I started out, I think the site was at like maybe 20,000 hits a month uh, just from having it for so long. You know, like that authority was already there. Uh, and now we're probably at maybe like 225 or 250,000 hits a month. Um, it's doing like, I don't even know this month cause I just made some changes. So this month it'll probably do like six or $7,000 in revenue. Mm -hmm. Uh, hoping to, and, and what's nice is for me, cause it's a gardening website, this is a slow season. So we're going to the fall for most people, uh, which means like, no one is actually thinking about gardening. Like the trends for all these search terms are way down, but my revenues is as high as it's been. So hopefully in the spring, goal for spring at least is to go 500,000 uniques and maybe like 10 to 15K. I'm not really sure. Just uh, uh, just just to, to compare it, where were you at a year ago in terms, of re in terms of revenue? Oh yeah, a year ago I was at, okay, so I was at 20,000 hits a month. I can look it up if you want. I have my finance stuff right sure. here. I mean, roughly. I, I don't need to know exactly, right? I just need to just get an idea. It's, of I don't the remember. Gross. I don't remember. So let me pull it up. It's, it'll take like one second. It's, okay. Sure. So last time this year, it was at maybe $1,500 okay. a month, I so would that's, say. That's so that's pretty a nice. Four or five X increase. Cool. Um, did, did you use stuff in HPro to grow that site or did you, what did you try essentially that, um, that went well and that allowed you to, to do that growth? So what kind of general tactics? Yeah. So the start, um, I'll consider the start, like when I actually started working on the site, cause again, it'd been around for a while. It probably had maybe like 80 to 90 articles when I started really working on it. Um, Anyway, so what, what happened first, or the first thing I did that I think was like the first growth lever was um, templatizing my content. And so I took that blueprint that you guys had and I said, okay, well, like for me, a how-to might be like a plant guide or I might have a pest guide or I might have um, like a product review, you know, and I, I took your guys' templates, modified them to the way that I sort of wanted them to be. And then I was able to actually scale my content creation because before... At this point, it was still just me writing, but um, I was doing everything basically from zero to 100 every time. And for some reason, it didn't occur to me to templatize that stuff. And so creating those templates and then creating like some sort of content system, which is a bit different from the way you guys do it, but it's pretty close. Like the same logic is in, in place. Uh, that enabled me to actually sit down 
for that summer and just like crank out articles um, based on like the stuff I was actually doing because I actually do garden. Um, and so that was the first growth lever. I would say the second one was was in earlier this year. It was, it was probably like February this year. I bought another website mm. um, that I had found. I was doing some like link building or some outreach or some research or something. I found this random site and the metrics looked good, but at the site looked like trash. And so I found the guy on Twitter and I was like, hey, do you want this? And he's like, oh, I forgot I even had it. And so I bought that site for like $10 per article, which is like a really weird way to price a website. But it worked out to my benefit because I was able to buy like the website, which was like 90 articles and like 30,000 uniques a month uh, for like a grand. Did it have links is, as well? It had, yeah, it had like 700 or 800 links. That's really uh, good so value for 10,000 articles. It, it was crazy value. I, I think this it was like some Indian venture capitalist guy in India. I don't think he really even cared. Like I think he was like, whatever, just take it. Um, and so what I did with that is I took that all the content was good in the sense that it was ranking, but it wasn't good, like up to my standards good. So what I did is I created this like crazy spreadsheet and slowly transferred it over, did 301 redirects and basically like bought a category of my site because it was a sub niche in my, in gardening. I bought it for like a thousand dollars. So I created an entire category for my site for a thousand dollars. And that added like a significant amount of traffic because the 30 went much higher once it came over to my site. So the uh, traffic transferred easily as soon as you do the 301 redirect. And I guess you edited the content. So it wasn't exactly the same as the, the yeah. content that was on the site, then the 301 redirect. Then what happened to the traffic when you redirected? Like how long did it take? How much of the traffic transferred over? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I wish I measured it a little better than I did. But uh, it, it, I would say it took like one or two weeks for the article to pop up. And for a while, they were both there. Because yeah. the 301, Google didn't pick the 301 up. So, like, that site was above mine. It was like, I would take number three and four. So, for a while, I was like, I don't even mind if it stays like this because I'm taking two spots. Uh, but eventually, it dropped out. I would say, like, every time I redirected it, it would take two to four weeks for it to pop up and then drop out. Um, and then the traffic increased because I expanded the keyword footprint for each of those articles, you know? Or, like, maybe it was ranking for one that was a smaller or a, a longer tail version of the keyword I really wanted to go for. Um, so yeah, that, that was probably the second growth lever. Then the third was when um, Mark Janner helped me out with the link, the link building stuff. Um, so Mark like, Janner is an H pro member, by the way, he's a very active H pro member. So yeah. yeah. To give context, he's, a, he's, a he's a beast. So, so I looked at your guys blueprint for the, the shotgun skyscraper and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like that's a, time and cost effective way to build links but it still takes me a lot of time because i don't know how excel works i'm not good at all that stuff and so he helped, he helped me out with some macros and stuff like that that like drastically increased the research time uh and then i just started doing that for every single post but i went a little bit over the top with like the templates like i made sure they were super super customized and i would write in like a unique sentence for each email because i was like i'm saving so much time on the research i can customize these templates to be like truly unique uh, and so then my link land percentage went way up because I just actually tried on that instead of just spamming them out, you know? It's funny because um, you're the second person in that interview series that says exactly the same thing. It's like, oh, like the, the shotgun skyscraper, it's like, it's changed everything for for me, but I had to spend a lot of time customizing it. 
Uh, and, and especially as more people do that kind of stuff, it's very effective, but as a result, people receive more emails. Uh, yeah. And so you've got to be like, you know, you've got to think about your content, about like how you find your targets and, you know, yeah. like, and, and make it coherent. Like it needs to feel seamless to the person that received the email. But like, given the fact that it's the second time that was mentioned in these, like, there's like six interviews coming out. I'm pretty sure like everyone that signs up to H Pro next week is just going to jump on that thing first, actually. Yeah, I shouldn't have said anything. Unfortunately, uh, well, most people don't do it the right way or they take shortcuts. So well, if you're listening, like, that's try the, not. Yeah, that's the thing to take away. Like you've got to customize these things. It's like we give templates, um, but it's like we can't make a template that's like just copy paste and it works for every business in all the cases. It's just it's just not possible. However, like you know, you can take chunks of these templates and like just rewrite it or just slightly change the angle, make it more personal, yeah. etc. Like it, it yeah. it's it's the closest thing to copy paste essentially. Um, I've gotten so many emails back. I think I probably posted a few in in the uh, group just as like humble brags of like people who respond back saying they'll either apologize that they didn't respond sooner after like my third follow up, which is like no one ever does that, mm-hmm. or They'll say like, oh, I get like a hundred of these emails a week and this is the only one I read. So, I mean, that's what I'm going for is like, how do you stand out, right? How do you get attention? Yeah, it's this and content quality. Like uh, it's the two things. It's also a lot of people tend to like, because it's easy, people tend to, you know, run it for everything. Like they just put a blog post together in 20 minutes and then they'll they'll do that and it's not going to work very well. And and like they kind of like also burn themselves in their niche. You need to be careful. Because when you have the capacity of outreaching to a large percentage of your niche really quickly, you also have the capacity of burning yourself out and making a terrible first impression to a lot of people very quickly. Um, that's why yeah. I can I can, That's why I tend to call it like a, a, like you know a weapon in baby's hands sometimes that technique because like people need to 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 understand that it, it works very well and you know people can put health ambition in Ahrefs and like I think we built over two thousand linking root domains this year. Uh, yeah. with, on, with like a one part-time person or something. So definitely yeah, it works really well. But like the way I think about it is just like flip it, right? So I get these emails all the time now because my site mm. is large now. Uh, and so like it's kind of like being a girl in dating. Like you get all the answers. Yeah. You get all like the requests, right? And you start to see like what doesn't work. Uh, so just do the opposite of that or imagine that you're sending, you know, read it as if you're sending it to yourself and asking for a link from yourself and be like, do I actually care about this email or not, you know? Yeah, it makes me laugh when people send me that email, you know? I'm like, yeah, I wrote yeah. it. <laughs> By the way, I'm the architect of this. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so these are the three levels of growth. I know you've done pretty well with ads as well lately, and I know you do a lot of, yeah. uh, like a lot of our followers, they do like affiliate sites, so they like review items, and you do that too, right? But you also do a lot of informational content and just like yeah. answering people's questions, etc. And I know you're doing pretty well with that, so like, can you just explain like your journey through figuring out the ad monetization? Because we're going to talk about that in the webinar too, so. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know anything still about ads. I just let other people help me with it. Okay. So like at the start, I was I didn't have ads on at all because I was like, it's 30,000 hits a month. It might make a couple hundred bucks, but I'd rather the site look higher quality at the start. Um, then I went to Ezoic, uh, and Ezoic took care of most of that stuff. You know, they optimize all the placements and stuff. And so that took me from like maybe like a 2.4 RPM. I was previously I was just using like Am- just or, uh, a second. RPM is revenue per thousand visits. Just for the people right. who don't yeah. know. 
There you go. Um, so I was probably at like a 2.4 RPM with just AdSense and using like the Ad Inserter plugin. Mm -hmm. and just me haphazardly placing it places, uh, which was good for me because I went from zero to 2.4. That's infinite growth. Uh, then I went to Ezoic and they, they optimize all your placements. You can put in different networks. And so that took me maybe from like 2.4 to like four-ish, I would say. Um, and then I was like, ah, they're slowing down my site a bit and I just would rather remove it. And so I went to Monumetric, which used to be, I think, the blogger network. Uh, and so they, I guess they used to all be publishers and they formed an ad network. And they do a lot of them. It's like an active management type thing. And so they took me from four to maybe 5.7, I would say, 5.6, 5.7. Uh, again, that's dollars per 1,000 visits. So if I have, let's say, 10,000 visits, that would be 5.7 times 10, 57 bucks. So you're already um, almost double from when you just put AdSense initially. Already almost double, yeah. So then what I realized with Monumetric was like their customer service I found wasn't amazing. They would do all these, they would like crazily over-optimize the ads where like the same video ad would be on like 17 images, which was just like stupid. Um, and so I was like, I'll sacrifice some revenue just to get that off. So I, I moved to AdThrive like two or three weeks ago, I would say. Um, and it's been, you know, it hasn't been that long, but I'm, I'm at maybe like a 12 to 13 RPM, which is crazy. The site has like 700 or 800 less HTTP requests. So it's faster and, and there's actually less ads on the site in general. Uh, so right now that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm just going to stick to that. If, so that's like five times yeah. the initial AdSense setup or something. Yeah. Five, five times the initial AdSense setup, which I never really thought I'd be able to get to. Cause again, like I don't really know how that whole ecosystem it's works. So it's complicated. Really it's like yeah. everyone backs, buys, you know, backfill from each other, etc. It's very hard. Like it's just it's too much, you know. And I'm like, I actually want to spend most of my time like not working on that type of stuff in the business. I'd rather like garden, write stuff about it, make a video, like go rock climbing or something. I don't want to learn all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Which means what that means is that articles that that wouldn't be profitable to write, uh, that I would still write anyways, because like what I want to do is just teach people how to grow stuff. Um, I can now write and actually make them profitable, uh, at least over a longer period of time. Because like at a 13 RPM, it's even a good, site, yeah. you know, if you're getting like 100 hits a month on that, you're still going to profit off. Even like on like cheap items on Amazon, you know, like you're, you're usually around like 30, maybe 30, 35, but the search volume is much lower than informational keywords as well, right? So like... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and the competition competition is not super high for the Amazon stuff to be honest. But like still, like just the search volume offsets uh, the lower RPM, and I would say it's like it's probably not as um, not as profitable, but like not that far. And also the opportunities, there's probably like a hundred times more opportunities for things yeah. to write. So when it comes to yeah. growing, it's massive, you know. Yeah, I would say there's probably like at least in my industry, there's like a thousand, it's like three orders of magnitude more keywords to go after as far as informational stuff or just topics. I have to kind of think about it as topics and not keywords. Yeah. Do you build an email list yet or not really? Um, no, I, I have one. It's like mm -hmm. five or 6,000 people, but I actually took off all my email opt-ins um, because I don't know. It's, a, it's a, I just haven't focused on it. So like I try to focus on the thing that makes the most sense at, at the time and email just, doesn't so I just I email one weekly newsletter to my list um, and I haven't really done anything with it and I don't sell products or services and I don't really want to email out like affiliate offers to the list yeah. and so right now it's not a huge priority if I ever do a product though for sure 
but no, not right now. Okay. Is that the plan to build a product? I don't know. I, I don't want to be like a sort of like gardening guru. <laughs> garden, I, I definitely don't want to be a gardening guru because I'm definitely not like, I'm not some expert. Like I just, I'm sort of like the every man that grows along with, with people. I just have more time to put into it. So I happen to know more than most people about it, you know? Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I honestly, I, over email, Pinterest has been bigger than, than email for me. Mm. Uh, that was my, like my growth lever that I was going to mention. I just didn't have time to. Okay. So what happened with Pinterest? I definitely yeah, have to so, talk about that. Pinterest, I used your guys' blueprint, uh, and then I went a little deeper after talking to, I talked to a couple AH Pro people, uh, and ended up writing an article on the Tailwind blog um, about it. So, Which is the app we use to manage all the Pinterest stuff. Yeah, you honestly, I would never even use Pinterest without it. It's like yeah. Pinterest is way too difficult to use without that. Um, but anyways, so I, I think I was doing maybe six or 7,000 hits a month on Pinterest, which is like, that's not bad to the yeah. site. That's not, that's not bad, especially for like a newer site. That would be huge. Um, and I talked to someone who was like, oh, you're doing Pinterest completely wrong. Like you could be getting much more traffic. And so I took about two weeks to like really understand the whole thing uh, and design a system. And then almost immediately after that, I started getting two to 3,000 hits a day. Wow. So, and that's been pretty consistent. I'm sort of like running out of steam now because I had this whole backlog of content I had to pin. Um, but it's still pretty consistent. It's still like at least one to 2,000 hits a day, which off of a increased RPM on, on display ads is like great. pretty <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so that's yeah, what my so, girlfriend's doing, right? She does just Pinterest and ads and it's like she makes a living here essentially. Just it's good. That. Yeah, good. I, I expect at some point it'll be, you know, like everything else, it'll be less effective. But for now, it's pretty solid. And can if you, you get in early... I was just going to ask, can you give us an idea, uh, like a bird's eye view of like what the system is? Yeah, sure. So the system is three pieces. So you have to, you have, to have your Pinterest profile correct. And so the way I do it is I have one featured board. Uh, and that's just the best stuff for my blog. And almost nothing of my blog gets posted elsewhere on the other boards, um, very rarely. And so if someone wants to come to my profile and pin something of mine, they can go to that top board. Otherwise, they can just browse uh, and see other stuff, which is, I think, important. So you have to do that. You have to make sure you have enough boards that cover the breadth of your topic. Uh, and that's pretty much all you have to do on the Pinterest side. Then what I did, the second piece is your website. So I don't, I used to put like these long Pinterest images on my blog posts. And then I was like, I'm only doing that so they click pin. That's not really good user experience. So what I did is I bought Social Warfare, which is a WordPress plugin, like a social sharing plugin. And what that allows you to do is attach the Pinterest specific image to the pin button. So when they click pin, they get that really nice, beautiful image, but it's not on the page. Uh, and so that optimized the site for Pinterest. And then the third thing you have to do is you, you have to get on the group boards and follow the age pro blueprint, blah, blah, blah. But you have to get into Tailwind and you have to schedule a significant amount of posts to come out like on a regular basis. And then you have to join group boards, get the pins going to the group boards, but then you also have to join the Tailwind Tribes, which is like this alpha feature that they released, which basically like, let's say you're in gardening or you're in health, I'm in gardening, we're in a tribe together. I can submit my pins to you for you to easily pin to all your boards and you can do the same thing to me. So if I have any crossover pieces that might do well on your thing, you can pin them and I can do the same thing. And so what that did, is it just created this like viral loop growth engine that that kept pins like it gave pins way more exposure than they like should have gotten if I just pinned it to a board, 
Um, and then that combined with like the whole backlog of content that I had, because I went and had a, re a designer like make a pin for every single page, uh, just skyrocketed the uh, the traffic. Cool. Well, that's that's pretty practical actually, and yeah, it's we talked quite a bit about Pinterest in uh, in H Pro. I haven't included tribes yet, but I'm actually gonna uh, add that video soon because when I recall it, it didn't exist. Um, if we zoom back to like when you started working again on your site, like. A year ago, um, what was the most challenging, and how long did it take you to see some kind of results on the work you were doing? Yeah, the most challenging thing was not understanding the order in which to do things. Um, so, like we, you probably remember, like me talking to you about all sorts of different things, and probably from your vantage point, having already done HA, you were like, "Why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you doing that?" You know. Uh, and I think part of it was just like not having the experience to know like what's going to move the needle the quickest. Um, so if I had to like go backwards, knowing what I know now, it would have been get all the content templates done. So I have that system in place because I mean, the engine of the site is creating content from there. You build the links, you get the traffic, you monetize it, et cetera. Right. So the content is first. So figuring out how to nail that down, uh, maybe hiring a writer sooner, um, that, I mean, hiring a writer took out like 20 hours a week from my, from my like, uh, you know, like, and, and, it, and she actually writes better than I do. Like it's more entertaining than, than the way I, write. so I would have hired a writer sooner. Uh, the only reason I didn't is because I had quit my publishing job and I was living off the income I was making as well. So I just didn't want to invest it. Even though I had savings, I should have just invested the money in a writer sooner. Yeah, but when you don't make money and you don't know what's coming, it's harder to make that decision. It's hard to, yeah, looking it's back now, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's posts that I remember writing that I was like, did I just waste five hours writing this thing? Like, I don't, I can't tell, you know? it's It was very hard to tell. Yeah. And now I have a, a bit of like a mental model for like, okay, it's this type of post with this difficulty, this volume, these websites in the SERPs probably take me two months to rank in the top three. And now I know because I've seen it happen like 150 times, you know, but back then I, I didn't have any idea. I thought I pretty much had just gotten lucky with all the other stuff I'd written. Okay. Did, did H pro help in any of that process of figuring that out? Yeah. So without, I, I don't, I wouldn't have done the content template thing yeah. without it. Um, so I just didn't think about it that way. Um, so just e even if I didn't even follow the blueprint, like to the, the word, just the idea was valuable enough to, to pay for the entire membership because it's really not that expensive in the grand scheme of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, that I would say if anything, it, it gave me a bit more of the framework of what? like how to actually grow one of these things. Because it was my first time, you know, I didn't know all the yeah. intricacies of it all. I mean, yeah, that's, we've messed it up so many times. Like, you know, Atari, uh, not Atari, has some mission. The first year was like, we, we barely made like six thousand dollars i think like it was yeah. really bad like the whole year right not per month <laughs> like yeah. it was really bad and uh, yeah we learned that stuff by wasting a lot of our own money actually <laughs> but eventually yeah. we figured it out um so i have another question since you were kind of like you had that site you started websites you started online marketing a while ago and it's only been a year since like you're doing quite well which i think is good that we're talking about that because i know a lot of people in that situation that have yeah. like you know it's the guys that it's like you see these people on the forums, you see them on the Facebook groups now, I guess, etc. Talking about online marketing all the time and not necessarily 
uh, taking action. So if you could have literally three sentences to tell yourself a year ago, what would you say? Oh, okay. Um, all right, I'm going to come up with three little maxims. The first would be you have to commit to a single project 100% for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, because in the past, I just had, I, I always dabbled in different things. I was too interested in other things, or I was making enough that I didn't really care, you know? Um, number two, you, this is sort of like a meta one, like, you should be able to say what you do to everyone you meet with like no shame at all. So I think like a lot of people would be like, what do you do for a living? And someone would say like, Oh, I own like best cocoa butter cream products. You know, it's like, yeah. why would you, you would never say that out loud to someone. It's like, let's say you're on a date or something. You'd never say and that. You justify it right after you say this. Like, yeah. Do this instead. It's like, why wouldn't you just pick something you would proudly say in public? Because I noticed like a mental shift of when I said that's what I did, um, I, I I like psychologically committed it to to it more. Um, I think it goes together also with the fact that you focus on one project. Because usually the people that have like bestcocobutter.com or whatever, like they sure they have like twenty five sites, right? They have yeah. they also have like you know a bunch of similar products, and then they're like, oh, I run a portfolio of websites or whatever. And yeah, exactly. It's not consult. I mean, it's it probably works for some people and some people don't need to have that like connection to their work so tightly. I definitely do. So I would say that to myself, probably the final thing I would say is like within the thing you're focusing on for me, the gardening site, you have to then focus in even harder on the smallest things that will make the biggest effort. It's just Pareto principle stuff. Um, but like actually knowing what you're doing is moving the needle versus not. Cause you can, you can focus all your time on one site and just go nowhere with it if you're not focusing on the right things. What was it for you? Uh, for me at the start, it was content creation and figuring out how to do that with less of my time input. And then as soon as I got that going, that was that was no longer an exponential growth lever. It was only in a linear one. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that was exponential for the site was, was the content promotion because I was putting out like baller content that I wasn't building links to. And as soon as I started building links, then everything else blew up. Uh, and then, you know, now that that's not necessarily perfectly systemized, but it's getting closer to being a linear growth thing again. So I need to figure out what the next exponential thing is. Cool. Um, did you do like the kind of like shitty review sites that we mentioned before? Did you do any of that uh, before? Yeah. <laughs> like site I ever made was cocoabuttercream.org. Oh, that's why you mentioned that. Yeah, and I had, I was Susie Michaels, a pregnant mother of four who like had stretch marks, obviously. Okay. Um, so I reviewed all these things. And I actually made money on that site, like my first try, but it wasn't a lot, you know. I, I wanted to mention like uh, happiness and just satisfaction with work. How does it feel to go from that like cocoa butter site or whatever? to what you're doing now like how does that feel like you know what i mean like is there yeah. increasing satisfaction or is that all the same to you no it is actually like the biggest change for me because i mean that was like the very early days i like wasn't satisfied at all with that and i think i knew it at the time i i'd done other projects like the startup i worked on didn't work out but that was like satisfying in trying it 
the publishing company that we I helped to build was was super super fun. But I think I'm the type of person who wants to like own my own sort of universe and like play in my own sandbox. And so like having the site be at a point now where things I put out like get a bunch of interest. Like I get a bunch of I put out some small video yesterday on my Instagram that got like a hundred comments and four thousand views. And not like I care about the number, but I care that like this tiny little thing I put out, this cool idea is now being seen and is helpful. And I won't make money off of that, you know, like it's just an Instagram post. But it's like super satisfying that I can, you know, like mess around in my garden shed, make a couple videos, whatever. Uh, and that helps grow the site, but also like helps other people. It's just like everything's sort of getting more integrated, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm basically out of question now. So I just want to know like what's next for you? And um, yeah, what, what, what's in the future for you? Like how do you, how do you go to the next level? What's, and what's the end game for you actually? Yeah, so I'll go, I'll answer how to get to the next level because I don't know how to answer what the end game is. <laughs> Maybe I'll cross it when I answer this. So the next level for me is um, I'm going to focus more on YouTube because I have a channel. It's got like 25 or 26,000 subscribers, so it's not bad. Um, I think I can get it to 100,000. I like doing the videos. Now that I don't have to spend as much time on the writing and all the link building and the social media stuff, I can actually spend time on the videos. Um, and if I ever do launch a product or service, the videos are like a great sales vector for that because I can just go back and edit all my descriptions and, and put, put it in on relevant videos, you know? Uh, so there's that. And then by springtime, I'd like to hit half a million page views a month just as a raw goal, especially now that I know that that would be, you know, times 13.7 RPM. So however much that would be like six grand a month or something, um, then I would like to potentially do a book. So I, I think I have a book deal in the works. <laughs> I think we'll see. I have to put together the proposal, but like an actual book with an actual publisher. Um, so just doing that just because it's fun. The, the beauty is like now I can survive off the site so I can just do whatever interests me. Uh, and that's what interests me. But eventually like for me, the authority site model is almost like a stepping stone because I don't really see myself just doing this. Like eventually, maybe I'll have a team that helps me run this site and I contribute to it here and there. And then I'm doing something actually in gardening or food or farming or something like that, whatever I'm interested in. You know, maybe it's going to be something completely different. I have no idea. Uh, but that's sort of the long-term goal for it. Yeah, it's giving you visibility in the niche and then you can take it in any direction, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. And you can step out of the niche too because the bigger you get, like look at how like that Ramit guy, Ramit Sethi, the I will teach you to be rich guy. Yeah, He went from, like finance, like raw personal finance. Then he went to earning money on the side. Then he went to careers. Then he went to like social skills. Then he went to health. And then finally he went to like building a business online. Yeah. Um, so, Once like, you have an audience. Yeah. Everything. Uh, it needs you know? to be kind of like connected. I think that's you who mentioned that. I mean, you were looking at like digital marketer and how they, they launch their sites as well. They do something similar. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what was the yeah, theory exactly? Yeah, if I do another authority site, I would, I would definitely do like... If I'm in gardening, I would maybe do cooking next. You know what I mean? Uh, and then I could tie those sites together nicely. And then if I was going to do cooking, I could go from cooking to like DIY or like home, home ec or whatever. Yeah, you know, nutrition as well, like nutrition and health. Uh, nutrition, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right. Well, uh, I think that is a lot for people to process. So thanks for joining, and uh, we'll see you on the Atari Hacker Pro community. Cool. All right. Awesome. See you. See Bye. You. 
Guys, thanks for watching today. It's always great to see someone turn the project like that around. I know so many people who have started passion projects like that and just failed after a few years and given up. Um, so it's quite refreshing. If you want to learn more about some of the tactics Kevin used to turn his site around, then head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar. Sign up for our free training webinar. We're running it on Sunday, uh, Sunday the 8th of October, uh, 7 p.m. London. Sign up today, it's free. We'll see you there.